Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you try and copy people or if you let people inspire you too much, then you become like a, like a covers band. So Oasis have got a lot of cover bands that like, I mean, you know, like tribute bands, but nobody cares about any of those bands. Everybody just wants to see Oasis. Despite sharing his name with one of the world's most famous footballers, Steve Gerrard has always tried to be his own man. But after 10 years as a successful wedding photographer in the UK, he's moved to Montreal and is starting all over again. I'm Matt Bowen. This is Phototypes. It's Matt freaking Bowen. So why did Steve Gerrard decide to up sticks and head for Canada? And how is he going to establish his business in Montreal? Let's find out in this episode of Phototypes. But first, what's it like sharing your name with a famous footballer? The bane of my life. Apparently there was something on Twitter this weekend where you could ask Steve Gerrard the footballer questions. So my Twitter feed just went a little bit crazy with this Ask Gerard hashtag and people asking me questions. And then to some of them I would reply. And then some of the people still didn't work out that I'm not the footballer. And they were replying back to me. They were saying, good luck in LA. When you go to LA Galaxy, I'm like, I'm not going to LA. I'm staying in Montreal. And they're like, oh, okay, then we'll have a good luck in Montreal. <laughs> I'm just like, you're not, you're not paying attention, are you? Yeah, you but, could have had so much fun with that. Yeah, at least people remember my name these days. So That is true. It's not, all bad. it's not all bad, but I still feel like the footballer should be giving me 10% of his earnings because I had the name first. On your website, it says you are a photographer of weddings, portraits, bands, and random stuff. Do you want to expand on that a little bit for us and tell those <laughs> who don't know you what sort of photographer you are? Okay, so I started off shooting bands. My two big loves of music and photography... I never thought either of those would make my be a job for myself, but my music career ended up with me being a DJ for 16 years or so, promoting nightclubs and traveling in the world as a DJ. And then my love of photography kind of grew over that time because I was traveling a lot and going to these amazing places that I didn't know if I'd ever go back to, like China and Argentina and Moscow and whatever. So I set myself the task of, taking better photos of the places I was going just to remind myself of all these places that I was seeing. And then when I was coming back, I was going to lots of concerts in England and trying to combine the photography and going to concerts. So kind of sneaking in to take pictures and then trying to get it, get photo passes legitimately, which took a while, but we got there eventually. And that sort of took off pretty, pretty quick. I started doing some stuff for NME and I knew that they were quite picky about their photographers, so that gave me a little bit of a boost. Um, so I've been doing the bands, and I still do the bands pretty regularly, but at that time I never thought I'd want to do weddings. My idea of a wedding photographer was just like some 
cheesy guy that couldn't get a job photographing anything else and turned up at the church and lined people up and that was just my idea of hell so it wasn't until I started seeing other photographers works in magazines and um and online and just thinking actually that's that's pretty cool what they're doing and some of these photographers were completely different from each other and it made me realize that you can kind of do wedding photography in your own way and not follow any of the rules and then the further I've got into this career the more that has become very evident with me so some of the photographers that first caught my eye were people like obviously people like Jeff Askoff doing the kind of documentary stuff which I hadn't really seen much of before but then at the opposite end of the scale people like Jerry Guionis who were doing much more kind of fashion style wedding photography and I don't do either of those things there's kind of elements of those things in what I do but then there was people like Furwar Isti who basically just threw, threw the rule, rule book out of the window and just shoots whatever the hell he feels like shooting and doesn't seem to uh he, he almost doesn't try to take pictures for the couple he just tries to take pictures for himself all day and that's that was quite inspiring that kind of thinking for me so the so yeah and then I just thought well okay I'm just gonna try and make pictures that I really like and to begin with people were saying well why don't you bring some of the the kind of rock and roll kind of music side of what you do into your wedding photography and to begin with I couldn't make those two things sit together I couldn't really work out how that how that could work but then I saw that taking a picture of a band with a lead singer is not that much different to taking a picture of a groom with his groomsmen and then groomsmen just want to look cool and so do bands and then I started bringing a little bit of those two things together I, I, not even with thinking about it too much it just kind of happened naturally I guess a little bit yeah and then I've just made pictures for myself and tried not to think about it too much okay we're going to expand on those things a little bit later but um just have a look around you and tell us where you are physically and uh, your location. Okay, I'm in my new house in Montreal. We moved in here two months ago. And if I showed you this room, it's quite obvious that we moved in here recently. There's piles of stuff everywhere. Um, the view that you've got is probably the tidiest <laughs> over this way. Everything else is kind of a little bit chaotic. So... Yeah, I, I moved to Montreal 10 months ago. Um, we're still getting settled over here. Uh, it's, a, it's a great house. It's a gorgeous day outside. It's like 30-odd degrees today. And, um, yeah, we're just trying to get ourselves together and get organized and make sure the kids are happy and hopefully start shooting some weddings over here soon. We've started getting a few inquiries over here. Um, but I'm still all over the place with weddings at the moment. But it's all good. And we should explain that you moved from Birmingham. Yeah, I lived in Birmingham for 25 years. I'm from Chester originally, but lived in Birmingham for 25 years. And my wife is from Montreal. So we decided to move here before the kids started getting too old. And they're already like way better than me at French. And we haven't even been here a year yet. So it's a little bit embarrassing on that side. But When you discussed moving to Montreal... And you had a successful business in the UK and thriving. Was it a nervy, scary thing for you to do? Oh, yes. Sure. I, we had no idea. I mean, obviously, I had the experience and the portfolio to kind of back myself up. But I had to start basically marketing to a, a whole city and a whole country that doesn't know who I am at all. You know, we won 
some awards and had a little bit of notoriety in in the UK but beyond that nobody really gives a crap about me so it's just kind of trying to get out there again and making our making our name which takes time it's nice to have a little bit of downtime it was a little bit got a little bit crazy in the UK but now I'm not quite as busy with everything but the travel in between countries is um, adding to my timetable these days but um, yeah it was definitely nerve-wracking and it still is to a certain extent we still don't quite know where we're going to fit in amongst everything there's a lot of good photographers in Montreal as well there's a lot of good photographers in the UK though so um, you know you just have to make an effort to stand out and find the right clients for you and I think Montreal is the kind of city that has our kind of clients in it it's you know it's it's definitely that kind of city and quite an artistic city Cirque du Soleil is from here Arcade Fire are from here so some of the names that are coming out of Montreal are synonymous with being quite creative and quite unique so if we can tap into that kind of mindset then hopefully our photography will resonate with people or time will tell yeah because it's important to find your own clients rather than just doing weddings for the sake of it yeah very much so um one of the things i've always said on our workshops in in the uk is there's over two hundred thousand weddings in england i think every year and i wanted to shoot around 35 of those so that leaves a lot of weddings that i don't want to shoot so if i can find those 35 clients that we get on with and you know they're excited for us to shoot their wedding ideally sometimes people when we meet them they, it's almost like they they're waiting for us to sell ourselves and they've got a long list of photographers that they're going to see and blah 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 but then there's other clients that come straight to us and they're almost trying to sell themselves to me because they're excited for me to shoot the wedding and those are the kind of clients that I obviously love because they kind of let me do what I do and they just trust me to do that rather than giving me a shot list or um, sending me a Pinterest board or any, any of that stuff so that freedom to, to do what we want that's exactly what keeps us fired up and makes us better at shooting weddings I think if you have that kind of freedom it kind of makes you up your game a little bit every time and then we find that those kind of clients end up being just becoming good mates because they're they're on the same page as us and and it makes everything easier so we've got a lot of good mates now that started out as wedding clients okay <laughs> let's rewind a little bit go back into the midst of time and um your sort of early sort of formative years and career wise um what did you want to be when you're at college or school or wherever you sort of finished your education when i finished my education i had no idea what i wanted to do and at, in fact at no point in my life really if i had any idea what i wanted to do and i just fell into things and things kind of reared their heads and i was like actually i really like that and then kind of started following a path that just presented itself to me um i did my A-levels, I went to university, I dropped out of university because I had no interest in anything that was going on there. I also started DJing around the same time, there might be a link <laughs> between between working late nights and trying to study. Um, and the it was the D, I went to America and I was going out to clubs in Los Angeles and 
um, just having the best time and then coming back to England and there was nowhere like the places that I was going. So I decided to start my own club with that kind of vibe and then that took off and then that led to something else and that led to my DJing and then I got into house music and won a competition and then that, and it all kind of just, it was almost beyond my control and I just rolled with it really. And the, the photography's been similar, but at no point, like when I was at high school, at no point was I like, I want to be a photographer or I want to be a DJ or I want to, I didn't even have anything in mind. I thought I'd probably end up just working in some office and hating my job. And, and I did for a few months. And maybe that made me realize that I was not going to be very good at that. And I haven't had, I haven't worked for anybody else for, 25 years whether it fails or succeeds is down to me so it's a nice thing when it succeeds but uh you know there's always bumps along the road yeah it's a real motivator being your own boss though isn't it because you've kind of only got yourself to answer to and in some ways that means you can slack off but also uh yeah you could slack off but kind of when it's down to you to pay the mortgage and pay the bills then that's what gives you the kick up the arse yeah for sure but when it does well, it means that you do, you can sort of build your own time schedule and take time off when you want to. And so that that's the plus side of it. And and if it's, if it is a success, you can also end up earning more money than you would working for somebody else. So that's, and I'm, I'm the kind of person that when I've got an idea in my mind, I'm very narrow minded and just kind of go for it and work really hard to make things happen. And I think that's that's one of the sort of positive things about my personality is I don't like to fail, I guess, which um, which kind of has, has driven me. So yeah, I will like with with the DJ, and as soon as I knew that I was excited about that and passionate about that, I would practice, 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 send out send out demos and um, get to know people and blah blah blah, do the networking thing. And then that eventually paid off, and it's been the same with the photography. Just trying to trying to get out there. I don't want. To, I'm not that interested in being kind of superstar photographer. I just want to be able to do what I love doing, do it well, not have to worry about money too much. Um, I, I'm not interested in being mega rich or anything. I just want to be comfortable and be able to afford time off. Um, yeah, and just just be able to do something that I love as long as I can. That's kind of my goal. The DJing was that a, a specific club you opened, or was that um, a night at a club? Uh, I used to run a few of my own nights in Birmingham, and one in Bristol as well. Actually, um, they were more kind of indie alternative nights. Yeah. And then it was later on that I got into the dance music and started playing at a few clubs and I won a competition in a magazine which got me the attention of some quite big name DJs and they I was resident at a big club in London with one of my favorite DJs which was cool and then he took me on tour and then people and I, I had a I did a mix for Radio 1 and some of the radio uh, some of the big DJs had their own radio shows and they got me to do guest mix six and all that kind of stuff so that helps get your name out there worldwide and then I started getting bookings all over the place and it was great and when I talk to you about that I kind of go why did I stop doing that because <laughs> it was great and I met my wife through that we met 
when I was DJing in, in France. Yeah, it was good times. But at the same time, I never wanted to be the DJ in the DJ booth looking out at girls that were half my age. Yeah. Were you called Steve Gerrard then or did you have a DJ name? Yeah. No, I was just Steve Gerrard. I never came up with any cool name like Sasha or Tiesto. Or, um, yeah, it was just me. And I, I, I released a mixed CD, which was kind of one of my goals. And I think once I'd done that, I felt like I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve. I never, I, I was playing with some people who were like, mega stars getting paid crazy money but i never i was i was always kind of middle middle ground i guess so sort of doing nicely and getting to travel which was great but yeah it, it, i think it felt like it, re- it ran its course and my passion for photography started to creep in a little bit more and more and more so then i followed that that road when did you first pick up a camera my granddad had a dark room in his house so maybe it's in the blood a little bit. And I remember being really young and going into town with my mom and dad to buy a camera. I had no idea what I was looking for, but just wanted wanted a camera and we got a camera and I took it everywhere with me on school field trips. I, I'd take loads of pictures on school field trips of people just being idiots and then get them all printed out and then bring them into school and pass them around the class. Um, so I just, I just like that that kind of process of taking pictures and then waiting a few days to see what what you got obviously it's a little bit different now um and i i have boxes most of them are in this room in fact of six by fours from back in that time and and then when i left school going out and going clubbing and hanging out with my mates in manchester and, and stuff like that and i've got all those memories are in boxes here. Some of them are in albums, but most of them are just in boxes. And I've just always loved it and then started paying attention to other photographers, people like Anton Corbin. I started collecting books by him and lots of other photographers and used to have, well, you can see maybe quite a few of them are back there on, on the shelves. There's a lot of photography books down there. That collection is just built up and built up. But these two things, me taking pictures and me admiring photographers, at no point did my mind go, well, maybe you should be a photographer. I, I was, I just loved it and I was interested in it and then did it for fun, really, until like 10 years ago. Do you think um, there was any link between your music and liking photography because of album covers and things like that? Because I know Anton Corbin worked with the Smiths a lot. Um, yeah, Anton Corbin was back in the day before they came a bit rubbish i was a big u2 fan and anton corbin did a lot of work with u2 and joy division and Pesh mode and he, he still works with some of those bands obviously not joy division um and i guess those that combination of the photography and the music that i was listening to made it resonate more with me for sure i've actually got a signed copy of the U2 artwork signed by Anton Corbin framed on the wall so um, yeah there was definitely that but then then I started noticing other photographers that were just like portrait photographers and um, even people like I don't know if you've seen Linda McCartney's work she's more famous for vegetarian (laughs) (laughs) photography like back in the 60s and 70s is brilliant and ahead of its time kind of documentary style and she's got book photography books out there and I would definitely say people should check out that work because it, it's almost like she's gone under the radar a little bit because people see her as this 
Beatles wife and a vegetarian and or vegan even and um but she was a great photographer and a lot of that kind of that kind of style and people taking pictures of the clash and stuff like that I just loved it all and then when when the grunge thing took off there was a lot of great pictures coming out of Seattle of like these grunge bands that I loved back in the early 90s playing in sweaty clubs in Seattle and all of that stuff I loved and I collected and paid attention to and still my mind didn't go why don't you do that (laughs) (laughs) so at what point did it go I'm gonna try and do this I think probably actually reading the I read an interview with the picture editor of the enemy where they where she was describing what they look for and what excites them and um around that time I started thinking well maybe I could have a go at doing something like that because that sounds interesting but I still didn't know how I was able to get into gigs to take pictures of bands and get into that little bit down the front between the crowd and the stage that's just seemed like completely out of bounds to me but I'm I'm a bit of a blagger and managed to find a few ways in there and then um yeah a few more ways and a few more ways and now I've got quite a good portfolio together from that. So at first it, it was unofficial it ways. Yeah, well, a few unofficial ways, and then that allowed me to get through the official ways, the official channels, a little bit easier because I'd done stuff before. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So it's all about sort of just building something and showing people that you're a serious photographer rather than just somebody who wants to get close to the band. And at that point, were you thinking that you could make a career from photography or was it just for anybody who thinks shits they're gonna and make, giggles? Anybody who thinks they're going to make a, a career from music photography is, um, is probably delusional. There are people out there that do it, but it pays so badly these days. But no, it was more for fun at that point. But once people started paying attention to what I was doing, and especially when people like the enemy started paying attention to what I was doing, that that's what made me think, okay, maybe I can do this, and maybe I should start taking it a bit more seriously. And also my wife, who I'd met through my DJ, and she moved to England to be with me. So for me to then go jetting off all around the world, still DJing and leave her at home, <laughs> might, might have just been rude, really. So... Did she say you need to get a proper job, Steve? <laughs> At no point has, has anybody said that. Actually, my mum might have said it once. I think she's still waiting for me to get a proper job. 
I've never been a, a very good person at planning too far ahead. I just kind of follow my nose to an extent and just just let things let things happen. Like like I say, I'm very determined to sort of help the process along and kind of focus on what I, what I'm really passionate about and what I really want to be doing. But I'm still a little bit sort of carefree in the way that it, I kind of allow things to happen and see where it goes. When you've got other people depending on you, though, does that change your mindset a little bit? Yeah, it does, for sure. Um, it's harder to turn down work because sometimes I have taken jobs just because at the end of the day, we need, we've got bills to pay. So I'm not proud, too proud to do that. But I want to actively seek out weddings and jobs that I'm, ex I'm excited about and actually feel like I want to do and it'll help me to create work that I love but in amongst that there's always going to be weddings that we call them we call them mortgage payers don't tell the clients <laughs> that though I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna mention any names but no I mean it, it takes some balls to get to that point and be able to say I don't want to do that wedding because of it doesn't fit in with my brand or my philosophy yeah for sure no, it's not usually the the wedding itself that makes me think maybe this isn't the right wedding for us. It's not necessarily what they've got planned or where they're get, they're going to get married or anything like that. It's usually just whether the connections there between me and the couple and whether I think they're going to allow me to do what I do and and get what I do rather than if if it's not if it's not a good match, it's never going to be the perfect relationship and. I'll end up not being happy with what I've done and they'll end up not quite being happy with what they get. So if I can avoid that as much as possible, then I think I should. But um, I think that just makes me want to be as clear as possible with people before they book us as to what what they're getting and what we're going to do on their wedding day. So my, my website is hopefully makes it quite clear on our whole attitude it's got stuff on there about me and some of the wording on there is not it's not too formal so hopefully people realize that we're, we're a little bit more laid back than maybe some wedding photographers and but also in amongst that there's full weddings where people can see the kind of weddings that I like to shoot and the way that I like to shoot them and if that's something that excites them then we're off to a good start. Was there a point where you hung up your headphones and said, that's it, I'm not going to be not doing any more DJing, and picked up your camera and said, this is what I'm doing full-time now. It kind of happened very fast, the transition, and partly because people, I wasn't chasing it as much, so I wasn't advertising myself and um, trying to get those gigs. And at the same time, I started working weekends, shooting weddings, so when people were inquiring about me going to some country to do a DJ gig, they almost always tended to be on weekends. Um, so I couldn't do them. And eventually, if people ask and you keep saying no, then they'll stop asking. And that's kind of what happened. The last, even though I started shooting weddings in 2007, the last proper DJ gigs I did were in 2009 because I got offered a gig in Bali and one in Indonesia on the same trip. and. It was in February when we weren't, we didn't have any weddings booked. So I was like, "Yeah, I don't mind going out to Bali for a yeah. few days and hanging out." 
even though Evelyn was eight and a half months pregnant at the time. So she was at home being fat and I was in Bali on a beach DJing. But it was work, you know, I got paid. So we needed nappies. <laughs> yeah, you keep telling yourself that. I'm sure she understood that perfectly. Yeah, that was the last time I did anything. And people still ask me all the time, um, are you still DJing? Do you miss it? Blah, blah, blah. And I think the, the main time that I really missed it was I was booked to photograph Global Gathering. So I was shooting the whole weekend. It was three, three nights of DJs playing to big, big crowds. And some of the DJs were friends of mine. So, and being in the booth and seeing them do that, and for me to just be taking pictures of them doing that, I was kind of like, oh yeah. It reminded me of how good it could be. So, yeah. Your first wedding, what was that like to photograph? How did you feel doing that? My first wedding was very much, it was friend of a friend wedding. It was very much me going, okay, what's these what photos do these people want? What do they want next? What am I supposed to be doing? And just trying to get the pictures that I thought they were expecting. And if I showed you those pictures now, there was, there's some good ones in amongst all the others, but it's just not what people know me for at all. And uh, it took me it took me a year or two to sort of really find my own style from it and stop stop taking pictures for the clients as much and start taking more pictures that I that excited me so yeah you said it took you a year to develop your your style or to start photographing weddings in the style that you want did you already know how you wanted to photograph weddings but you were a little bit nervous to do that to begin with no I don't think I even knew what what I wanted to be doing I think it took a few weddings for me to realize what pictures I was taking that I liked and what pictures I was taking that were just for the couple and the ones I thought they were expecting. And I still think I should take some of those. I don't just take pictures that I'm excited about. Some of it's for their memories because once they once the pictures are given to them, you know, I, it's out, out of my hands and some of them are just for them like group shots and details and all that kind of stuff but if in amongst that i can make things that are creative and exciting to me then hopefully they will be pleased with with what they get even more and and um and get pictures that they weren't expecting that they love and that's kind of what i aim to do nice so you mentioned a little bit earlier on um some names who inspired you are they still the sort of same people who inspire you or who inspires you now? No, they were the, originally they were the photographers that kind of made me realize that you don't have to play by the rules that I thought were there. So that was inspiration for that time. And then over the time, I mean, I know a ton of photographers now and I see lots of work that I, that I love from different people of different styles. And they, a lot of my favorite wedding photographers, especially tend to be all completely different there isn't that much sort of that um that they have in common but i think that's the point really is that the people that stand out to you are the ones that are doing something different and and doing their own thing rather than doing something that you've seen before even if it's done really really well um but a lot of my favorite photographers are not wedding photographers as well i've got people that i love that do 
fashion and kind of editorial portraiture. I love a lot of that stuff. There's even like war photographers that I like and and all, all kinds of photographers. Some people that are not even professional photographers and just take pictures of their families or whatever and post them online somewhere. But their pictures are amazing. And, and that's that's almost more inspiring sometimes because they're not trying to make a living out of it. They're not trying to make a name for themselves. They're just taking pictures that from the heart especially if it's from their their family and um and i think if you can if you can take pictures that feel like that at somebody's wedding uh, which is obviously of all the most important pe- people in their lives then those are the kind of pictures that people are really going to love because it's trying to find that connection and making pictures where people feel involved and feel involved in the wedding just by looking at the pictures and just trying to capture some truth out of that i guess okay who's been your biggest influence on your life or career this is where i say my kids right <laughs> or your wife <laughs> my wife okay that's an obvious let's let's put that as a given career wise and and also lifestyle wise there was a guy when i was djing there was a guy who i met because we needed some photos me and another guy that i was making some records with and also I was going to be putting out a mixed CD, so I needed some pictures for that. So this photographer who's based in Birmingham, his name's Mike Horseman. I met him, he was an older guy, I think mid fifties, and he used to be a DJ, but he used to be, he used to play like reggae and dub and that kind of, that kind of stuff. And he did that until he was, I think in his early forties, and then just switched to being a photographer and became quite a well-known photographer in the area and he shot all on film at his own darkroom and all this kind of stuff but he just looked like he was having a blast and just doing what he liked and the fact that he just switched careers completely at quite a, a reasonably late point in his life and then made a success of that just made me think age doesn't doesn't matter you don't have to start a new career when you're 19 and then stick with that for your whole life and he was just a really nice guy seemed to really love life and was really good at what he did and had loads of friends had loads of parties at his house and I was just like this is cool I just I just want to do whatever and and that always stuck with me and he like the picture that's on the front of my CD was taken by him and what I'm doing now I feel would maybe wouldn't happen in the way that it had if I hadn't met him so and sadly he died this year so it's even more meaningful now that he was that inspiration because I think he's he lived his life well did you have any other contact with him after that photograph or was it just that one meeting um sometimes I'd just be out in town with Evelyn and he'd show up in a bar and he'd always have his camera and he'd always take a picture of us and then send us a print and even that that's just that's a cool thing to do so yeah we bumped into him and we popped around to his house we became friends but he had so many friends it's like we kind of saw him every now and then and uh he just he was always upbeat kind of kind of guy and just living his life exactly how he wanted to do it so if I can take anything away from that then uh that's a good thing yeah Nice tribute to him. I'm sorry that you uh, lost one of your friends this year. Yeah. What excites you? What makes you uh, do what you do? Just being able to do something that I love. And it sounds a bit cheesy, I guess, but 
doing something that you love and getting paid for it and being able to live a fairly comfortable life that's exciting to me and just not never know quite where it's going to go I don't one of the things that I love about this job is every week's different you, you never get that sort of repetitive feel to to what we're doing even if you're shooting in the same places and there's certain elements of what you're doing that are the same it's pretty much always different people and spontaneous things happen so every time I set out for a wedding or any kind of shoot I don't really know what's going to happen and that's exciting I always set out for a shoot thinking oh am I going to get anything good today I think most photographers feel like that and then I also feel like a lot of photographers when they're on their way back from a wedding they're not sure that they got as, as good stuff as they would like but it always tends to be that they did and everybody's just kind of trying to be their best and, and get something that's maybe different than they've shot before so yeah just 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 having this having this career and never knowing quite what's happening next is it's exciting and scary at the same time well that leads me nicely onto my next question what scares you i think just not being able to do that is that's that was what would scare me you know moving to a different country and having to start again to a certain extent and not knowing quite what the market's like and what people are looking for there's a lot of people over here that that are still looking for very traditional wedding photography so whether they are looking for that because that's what they've seen before and they don't they haven't seen other styles of photography or whether that's actually what people still love over here um i'm i'm yet to find out but that's that's the main thing that scares scares me about the career is just not being able to do what i do in the way that i do it and and still loving it as much but there's not a lot else that scares me you know apart from the obvious stuff if your kids are out of earshot what's your favorite swear word motherfucker that's got the most resonance with it i think you have to save that for special occasions don't overuse it always pays to save them for special occasions your uh, (laughs) your best swear words i think yeah Um, good one okay if you could be anything else for a day what or who would you be (laughs) i think if you asked me when i was 14 what i would i'd love to do i would just wanted to be in guns and roses or nirvana or something like that i just i would love to have just been in a band a good band and being able to just go out on stage and play my own songs and i tried to learn guitar for a while and that didn't really pay off but if i could step into somebody's shoes that's good at that and gets to do that um i think that'd be good good fun for a little while who living or dead would you love to photograph i'd probably say the the Sex Pistols back in the 70s would have been good fun because they were just causing chaos and causing headlines wherever they went, but they were playing exciting music and they were really good characters at the same time and being able to photograph people like Sid Vicious, who ironically couldn't play guitar at all. um, I think you would have made some pretty iconic pictures from that time and it would have been like living on the edge a little bit and again it would definitely be a case of you don't know what's going to happen from day to day i actually share my birthday with sid vicious so and my first single that i ever bought was a sex Pistols. so there's definitely a bit of history there yeah would have been a good time to be a rock and roll photographer i've actually got 
in our bedroom of all places i've got a framed picture of sid vicious on stage when he did a solo gig in paris <laughs> and you know being being able to have been a photographer that took pictures like that would have been would have been fun but the Sex Pistols got up to so much kind of antics in between playing music that would you would never have had a dull moment, I don't think. No, for sure. All right. What is your um, advice to another photographer listening to this who's maybe starting out or who wants to progress their work? What would you say to them? Uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you really want to do it, then do it in your own way and try not to get affected too much by the noise of photography out there. If you try and copy people or if you let people inspire you too much, then you become like a like a covers band. So Oasis have got a lot of cover bands that like, I mean, you know, like tribute bands, but nobody cares about any of those bands. Everybody just wants to see Oasis. So I think you need to just stick to what you, what you believe in, make photos that excite you, and then show those photos. Don't show pictures to other people that you're actually not that excited about because people will the people who get excited about the pictures that you're excited about will find you eventually and that's kind of how you start to make a career for yourself i think and a career that you will enjoy excellent advice thank you so much for doing this who else would you like to hear from in a podcast like this there's so many people that i could say but i'm going to say alan law because i think he's a person that's totally found his niche and is doing it really, really well. His documentary wedding photography and his whole his whole style and capturing moments is is some of the best. And he's fairly still fairly new to the wedding photography game, but is making a mark very quickly. So I think people should be paying attention to what he's doing. Excellent. I will uh, chase him up. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Everywhere. But if you if you find a page that's uh related to football then it's probably not me but stevegerrard.com is our website at steve gerrard on twitter steve gerrard photography on facebook steve gerrard on instagram and i'm on pinterest and google plus and i'm everywhere you can't escape me but just don't put in steven gerrard because then you'll just get that footballer guy are you still doing your workshops yeah, not as much because obviously with the big transatlantic move. Um, but I think I'm going to be doing at least at least one a year. We did a couple this year and they were really good. So um, yeah, I'll still be keeping my hand in when it sort of fits in with everything else. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much. That is the end of our little chat. So thanks very much for joining us and best of luck in Montreal. Hope it all takes off for you there. Cheers. Yeah, I need to learn French now. If you're enjoying Phototypes, then please subscribe, rate and review us and spread the word to other people you think might like it too. You can say hello on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Phototypes Pod. Phototypes is produced and presented by me, Matt Bowen. You can find out more at theretreat.co and our music is by Nick Bentley, Soft Piano and Songs for Cash.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 